so excited to have the opportunity to share with you guys this morning. Uh, if I haven't had the chance to meet you yet, my name is Reese. I'm the Youth and Young Adult Director here at Generations Community Church. Uh, and hey, what's up? It's good to see you. Uh, nice to meet you. What's your name? Oh, yeah. Nice to meet you, Evan. Uh, <laughs> uh, Pastor Craig asked me to share with you guys this morning because he was going to be out of town this week, uh, but, but he's still here. I, I'm, you guys all saw him too, right? Yeah? Okay, okay, that's good for two reasons. First of all, that means I'm not crazy. Second of all, that must mean that he's running youth group for me tonight. Is that right, Pastor Craig? No? Come on. Little dodgeball. No, I'm doing both? Okay. I don't know. Maybe next week. <laughs> uh, I do have some good news for you guys right at the top of this message today, though. Um, I am used to preaching to teenagers who have much smaller attention spans than you guys claim to have. Uh, although I already see a couple glossy eyes, so I'm not so sure. Uh, nevertheless, that means that you are in for a short sermon. So, whoo, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I knew I'd get at least one. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> the last handful of weeks, we've been going through a series on Sunday mornings called Created for Connection. It has been really fun for me to experience this series because in youth group, uh, we actually just finished up a series uh, looking at what it looks like to engage in Christian community and ultimately how we can bring that same light and love to the other communities that we are a part of. Uh, it's been really cool to see the ways that these two series have been working together, and I'm really excited about the direction our church is headed just as a whole. Um, but before we continue the rest of this, uh, would it be okay with you guys uh, if I just pray over this message and the words I'm about to share with you? Yeah? Okay, thanks. <laughs> Dear God, please use this time. Let my simple words this morning not be my own, but instead be inspired by you. Please use me in this space to help bring about your great plans for your kingdom here on earth. Help to show us, God, what it means to be created for community and how we can live that out daily. Thank you again for meeting us here, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Today we are going to be looking at a story from the gospel that many of us probably feel pretty familiar with. Um, but my hope this morning is that you may be open to seeing this story in a new light. I don't know if any of you have ever experienced this kind of thing, but sometimes I think that familiarity or routine can cause us to, blind, uh, to be blind to the true meaning behind what we're doing. It, it makes things be, to begin to feel redundant uh, or pointless. So my ask of you this morning is to be listening, to try and be actively listening for the ways that God may be challenging you to receive his word in a new way to listen for how maybe we have reduced the meaning or importance behind the actions we are taking. The story we are looking at today is the Lord's Supper. Sometimes it's called the Last Supper, but that to me feels a little uh, daunting, uh, and besides it kind of ruins the twist ending. So uh, we're going to call it the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper is this pivotal point in Jesus' life where he and his disciples, his closest friends, sit down to share a meal together. Now, of course, Jesus and the disciples, they shared lots of different meals together. So what made this one so special? The Last Supper took place during Passover, a national celebration for the Israelites. This feast kicked off the Festival of Unleavened Bread, and every piece of the Passover meal had symbolic meaning. 
Passover was a huge deal as it was the celebration of God miraculously delivering his people from under the oppression and rule of Pharaoh. It was a meal most often shared with your family where you took time to remember the covenant that God had established all those years before. So Jesus and his disciples sit down to have this meal together, but Jesus shakes things up. Jesus redefines and establishes a new covenant. He fulfills prophecies. He tells of future events, you know, classic Jesus stuff. Uh, He walks through a, a, a sacrament that we still practice today, the one that we're going to practice and participate together in here in a few minutes. But the disciples, witness to all of this, miss the point. Let's take a look together at Luke chapter 22, starting in verse 7. It says this, The day of unleavened bread arrived when the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John with this task, go and prepare for us to eat the Passover meal. When the time came, Jesus took his place at the table and the apostles joined him. He said to them, I've earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I won't eat it again until it is fulfilled in God's kingdom. After taking the cup and giving thanks, he said, take this and share it among yourselves. I tell you that from now on, I won't drink from the fruit of the vine until God's kingdom has come. After taking the bread and giving thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup after the meal and said, This cup is the new covenant by my blood, which is poured out for you. This is the word of God for the people of God, and his people say, Thanks be to God. In this passage, initially, we see that the disciples and Jesus are celebrating Passover together. Jesus takes on the role of the father in a family, going through each piece of the tradition and blessing the food. The disciples would have been very familiar with all of the things that he was saying, as they had been participating in Passover their entire lives. They've been hearing their own fathers go through these same steps. In fact, if I were to guess, I would, I would bet that they were mumbling along with Jesus, this, the same word they'd heard over and over. But where we, pick up Jesus, where we pick up in the story, Jesus has switched things up. Jesus tells them that by his life and soon death, he has made possible a new kind of relationship between us and God. He reinterprets and reimagines traditions of Israel in light of the redemptive work of God in Christ. Our lives will no longer be overshadowed by sin, but can be defined by the love and grace we have been shown instead. By grace we are saved. Jesus delivers us, but not from Pharaoh, from sin itself. Let's pick up where we left off. Immediately following all of this incredible promise, this symbol of a new covenant between God and man, the freeing from sin, verse 24 says this, An argument broke out among the disciples over which one of them should be regarded as the greatest. (laughs) What? (laughs) Are you kidding me? An argument broke out among the disciples over which one of them should be greatest? I, I, I don't know about you, but I feel like that's such a disappointing end to that chain of events, right? The whole time they were participating in this sacrament together. The disciples are bickering at the end of the table about which one of them is best, coolest, funniest, greatest. I don't, it doesn't matter. 
After all that they had witnessed, it seems the disciples had entirely missed the point. When I was in high school, I listened to the song Boulevard of Broken Dreams 142 times in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to break your necks there. You may be feeling a little whiplash. It's okay. We'll come back around. Don't worry. (laughs) When I was in high school, I listened to the song Boulevard of Broken Dreams by Green Day 142 times in a row. I was with my youth group on my way to an event taking place in southern Idaho at NNU and only had three songs loaded onto my phone. Uh, Now, I'm not sure why I only had three songs, and I wish I could tell you exactly what drew me to decide that I must listen to only one of those three for the entire eight-hour drive, but I was determined. I should also clarify, I, I am certain that this was not a dare. I just did this. I was like, yeah, that's what I want to do the next eight hours, is listen to this one song over and over and over again. And by the end of my journey, you guessed it, I still loved the song, yeah? Uh, And I still do to this day. Uh, (laughs) Years later, I was having a conversation with one of my friends. Uh, To him, I was explaining that there are just certain emotions that I don't like feeling. If you know me, this means that I don't like watching scary movies because I don't like being scared. Uh, Is anybody there with me? Yeah. Uh, For those crazy ones that like horror and Halloween, I don't understand you. My wife is one of those. I I get nightmares. I don't want that, you know? Uh, (laughs) I don't like to watch sad movies uh, because I don't like to be sad. I watched Bridge to Terabithia twice, and I cried both times. Uh, I don't know why I watched it a second time. She still dies. Uh, Spoiler, I'm so sorry. It's been out for a long time. If you haven't seen it, don't watch it. It's sad. (sighs) Man. I don't listen to sad songs because I don't like to be sad. Uh, I I prefer laughing. I prefer happy. I prefer lighthearted. As I was explaining all of this to my friend, he replied to me saying, for someone who doesn't like sad songs, you sure do listen to this song, uh, Boulevard of Broken Dreams a lot. To which I immediately corrected him. I was like, that is not a sad song. And then he sang me the lyrics. Let me read to you the, the chorus. My shadow's the only one that walks beside me. My shallow heart's the only thing that's beating. Sometimes I wish that someone out there would find me. Till then, I walk alone, or whatever, you know? You know how it goes, and then it's, uh, uh, no, okay, I'm alone. No other Green Day fans? Cool. It's a sad song. I should have picked that up by the, the name of the song. It's called Boulevard of Broken Dreams. I don't know what I thought it was about. I had listened to this song hundreds of times. I've listened to this song hundreds of times in a row, <laughs> singing along with the lyrics, and somehow I'd entirely missed the point. I'd entirely missed even the general idea. The disciples witnessed to Christ inviting them to take part in this meal, symbolizing new life, missed the point. So let's pick back up in the story where we left off, starting back in verse 24. Then they began to argue among themselves about who would be the greatest among them. Jesus told them, In this world the kings and great men lord it over their people, yet they are called friends of the people. But among you it will be different. Those who are the greatest among you should take the lowest rank, and the leader should be like a servant. Who is more important, the one who sits at the table or the one who serves 
the one who sits at the table, of course, but not here. For I am among you as one who serves. Jesus hears this bickering about who is the greatest and jumps in. The world finds greatness and status in other things, but Jesus tells us in the kingdom of God, those that are great are those that pour out their lives in service, just as Jesus modeled for us. He re-emphasizes the importance of humility and reminds the disciples that as Christians, we have a different sort of calling. So what does that mean for us? When we partake in communion, when we eat the bread and drink of the cup, this is a recentering for our community and a charge for you and I. We as Christians are not called to live static lives, wandering into a church building about once a week, sitting in a pew, listening to someone talk, singing repetitive songs, and then rushing out to Applebee's before the rush hits, right? That's not what we're called to do. We are called to love. We are called to love when it's hard and in all facets of our life. We are called to show grace first. We are called to be disciples who disciple others. At the table, the church is renewed as the body of Christ and is sent out to be Christ's broken body and shed blood in the world. So who are you showering this love to? Who are you showering this love on? The exciting thing that I don't want you to miss this morning is that even though in the moment the disciples seemed to have entirely missed the point, even as Jesus broke the bread and passed the cup in front of them, but us being here, gathered here together today, is evidence that they received the charge that Jesus was giving them. We are the product of these disciples pouring out their lives as living sacrifices to the people and world around them. The disciples discipled disciples, who discipled disciples, who discipled disciples, who discipled you. You are the next in line. So how, when we leave this place, will you share the good news you have heard? How are you going to love the world around you? At youth group, just about every single week in our small groups, we ask the question of how can we make this tangible? What does this change about our lives leaving here today? Because the biggest miss that we can have is coming here on a Sunday morning and sitting in the pew and leaving and going, yeah, that was good, right? We should be leaving this place charged and filled up, ready to go encounter a world, giving all of ourselves in love to the the communities we are a part of. The Lord's table is a symbol of the grace that we have been extended through Christ's death on the cross. But this is not a gift for us to simply hold close. When we take communion, there is an expectation that we, as a community, are telling the world of the hope and restoration they can also find in Jesus Christ. At this point in time, I'd like to invite those that are helping serve communion this morning to come forward. In a moment when we receive, we'll have two serving in tinction up here in the front and two in the back, um, as well as we'll have one person on each of the sides uh, serving the prepackaged ones. You will notice this morning as you're taking communion that the crackers are different uh, for for in tinction, Um, and it's because they are gluten-free, because all are welcome at the table, right? Yeah? Yeah. So there you go. No complaining. 
As we prepare our hearts this morning, know that there is room at this table for every single one of you. The table is open for all, and you don't have to be a member of our church to receive the gift of new life made available by Christ's sacrifice. Whatever is going on in your life, whether you are seeking hope or forgiveness or to recommit and renew your life in Christ, the table is open for you. God, as we gather at this, your table, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, who by your Spirit was anointed to preach good news to the poor, proclaim release to the captives, and set at liberty those who are oppressed. Christ, you healed the sick, you fed the hungry, ate with sinners, and established the new covenant for forgiveness of sins. We live in the hope of your coming again. Lord, we come to this place this morning to be filled up and sent out. Thank you for your example of love and grace that you have shown us. And thank you for the opportunities you are giving us to step away from sin and fully embrace you. For those, of this morning, for those of us this morning, God, that are wrestling hopelessly in the consequences of sin, I pray that they feel your hand reaching out to them. For those this morning, God, looking to dive deeper and serve those around them, may you show them the places you were calling them to be and to help us rally together as your body to pour out to the world around us. We love you so much, God, and it's in your great name we pray. Amen. On the night in which he was betrayed, Jesus took the bread, he gave thanks and broke it, giving it to his disciples and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, when supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. And so, we gather as the body of Christ to offer ourselves to you, God, in praise and thanksgiving. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us and on these your gifts. Make them by the power of your Spirit to be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be the world, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one in Christ, one with each other and one in the ministry of Christ to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hey church family, thank you so much for watching this video. We hope that God is inspiring you and working in your life. If so, make sure you send this video to a friend so that they can be impacted by the good news of the gospel as well. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel so that you don't miss a single video. And as always, we hope that God is continuing to work and move in your life. Thanks again for watching. God bless.